Thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. For more information about our church, service times, and resources, please check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com. You can also search One Cause Church on Facebook and on Twitter. God bless you. Let's, sure. Thanks, Derek. Let's take our Bibles and turn to, can you guess? Galatians chapter 6. And we will start part 11 tonight. And then we will probably finish this book next week. Next Wednesday. I can't believe that we've already come this far in this book. So far, so good, though, huh? All right. Can you hear that okay? Yeah. I need to get ready. Thanks, Katie. He's like uh, your double mic in there. All right. Okay. Praise God. Oh, 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 oh. That's what I've titled this sermon tonight. Oh, 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 because we're going to go over five O's, all right? Galatians chapter 6, have you found it? Everybody say opportunity. Opportunity. Ordinance. Ordinance. You are pretty good so far. Obstinacy. Obstinacy. Uh, Let's try that one again. Obstinacy. Obstinacy. School teacher. Occurrence. Occurrence. Obsession. Galatians chapter 6, let him who, verse 6, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Verse 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, say whatever he sows, he, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season, say due season, say I have a due season, you will reap or you shall reap, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to how many? All, especially to those who are of the household of Thank you, Lord, for a wonderful night. Thank you, Lord, for all of these that you've brought under this roof tonight into the house of God. Lord, we open up our lives right now to receive your word. Lord, tonight we want to grow. Tonight, Lord, we want to increase in you. We want your word to increase in us. Lord, we want to continue to be to have Christ formed in us as, as we've learned, Lord, even in this book. And we thank you, Father God, for the walk of faith. We thank you, God, that every step... You are with us now. Hallelujah. We thank you now, God, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ to be upon your people tonight in the name of Jesus and all God's people shouted, if God is able, if God is able, if God is able, praise God. I believe that with my whole heart. I do. I want to say something before we jump into this. Is that okay if I just give you a little nugget the Lord showed me? As a matter of fact... It had to do with this girl sitting on the front row with Delena, who was over at our house a couple of nights ago, and we were talking about the power of the tongue. We were talking about your life following your words, right? We all know that to be true by now, right? 
that your life is going in the direction of that which you are talking about. That's why we have to hold fast our profession of faith or our confession of faith without wavering, right? Because he is faithful who promised. Now, what's, an, what's amazing about that, and it's important that everything, not only does your life follow it, but your mind follows what you say. Like even right now as I'm speaking to you, I'm having to think about what I'm saying. I'm having to follow my words with my thoughts, right? You, you can't just, you have to, your mind has to be engaged when you're speaking. But I found something amazing about speaking in tongues. Praying in the Holy Spirit, anybody else know what I'm talking about? Your mind goes, right? And you're, just, you're praying in tongues. And then you feel bad about that, right? So you go, no, what am I thinking? Okay, I'm praying in tongues. I got to be engaged here. What's going on? You know, so you try to envision God on the throne or something <laughs> something really spiritual, something really powerful. Am I alone in this? Come on, right? You're praying in the Spirit, but your mind's just wandering and wandering and wandering, right? And you just think, how unspiritual am I? Right? We fight that. But ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. This, you ought to be encouraged at that moment. Because see, if you're making up words, then your mind has to think about that. Your mind is engaged in something that your, <laughs> that your perpetuating that you are making happen. But when the Spirit is praying, the Bible says, when I pray in the Spirit, my mind is what? Unfruitful. See, that is a sign to you that you're praying in the Holy Ghost. You shouldn't feel down on yourself. At that moment, you ought to thank God. Say, just Spirit of God, pray while my mind goes crazy. My mind's going to wonder whatever happens. But see, at that moment, you, you understand in the, that the Spirit's praying. It's not you that's trying to make something happen. Right? Uh, people, when I, when I lead them in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm scared. My, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm nervous. I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I can't wrap my mind around that. You're not supposed to. Yeah. It's not a, your mind has nothing to do with it. Right. Nothing to do with it. The moment your mind is engaged, it ain't real. So I want to encourage you tonight. Don't feel bad when your mind's wandering. That ought to encourage you, not discourage you. Is that all right? Does that help you? Okay. Now, here we go. Galatians, so pray in the Spirit. Don't let anything keep you from it. That's just one more tactic of the devil to get you to stop. Galatians 6.6, 6, let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Everybody say opportunity. opportunity. Say it like you mean it. All right, now see, Paul presents an opportunity to the recipient of the teaching of the word. Say, that's me. He says, let him who is taught share in all good things with him who teaches. Now, <clears throat> I think the, the word is probably better, it would probably better as obligation, but I'm not going to go that far with it. But I'm willing to see it more as an opportunity, all right? Because he says, let him, all right? No one is going to force your hand in this, but it really should be all of our attitude. It's an opportunity to demonstrate your appreciation as well as the value that you place on what you've received. This, what he's saying is, hey, if you're being taught the word, share, share with him who teaches all good things. This, this shows that you value what you're receiving. Just like we bring our tithes and offerings to the house of God because we value what God has brought into our life. We value, we understand that the, our connection to goodness is through God, 
Not because that we made it happen, not because we're so awesome and we're so cute, but because God is so good. And so we bring these things in response to him, not because we have to pay our tithes. We're not paying tithes. That's what they did under the law. We give our tithes just like Abraham did. We, we give our tithes. We bring these things to the house of God because we, we are also, according to Hebrews chapter 7, that we, in doing that, it is witness to him who lives. As Jesus still today receives our tithes. I need some real good amen in tonight. All right? So these are all responses to the goodness that comes in our lives. And so Paul's saying, here's another opportunity right here to share in all good things with him who teaches. <clears throat> I was looking over this thing, this, these rules for teenagers, and there are, how many teenagers are in the house? I'm not talking about in spirit. I'm talking about in reality. All right. Some of you are like, mm-hmm. Some of you still got your letter jacket that you wear on the weekends. Uh, <laughs> I got something for you guys. Listen, some rules for you. All right, this is really good for all of us to remember, but especially for you young people. Rule number one, life is not fair. Get used to it. One of my teenagers this morning said, it's not fair. I said, you're still saying that? <laughs> Rule number two, the world won't care about your self-esteem. The world will expect you to accomplish something before you feel good about yourself. Oh. Number three, you will not make $40,000 a year right out of high school. You won't be a vice president <laughs> until you earn both. Huh? If you think that your teacher's tough, wait till you get a boss. He doesn't have a tenure. Flipping burgers is not beneath your dignity. Your grandparents had a different word for burger flipping. They called it opportunity. Amen? If you mess up, it's not your parents' fault. So don't whine about your mistakes. Learn from them. Some of you could have used that tonight even as grown-ups. Before you were born, your parents weren't as boring as they are now. They got that way from paying your bills, cleaning your clothes, and listening to you talk about how cool you are. <laughs> so before you save the rainforest from the parasites of your parents' generation, try delousing the closet in your own room. Oh. <laughs> I don't have one teenager amen in tonight. Your school may have done away with winners and losers, but life has not. In some schools, they've abolished failing grades. They'll give you as many times as you want to get the right answer. This doesn't bear the slightest resemblance to reality. <laughs> huh? Anybody living in reality today? Rule number nine, life is not divided into semesters. You don't get summers off, and very few employers are interested in helping you find yourself. <laughs> Do that on your own. Hey, on your own time. Rule number 10, television is not real life. In real life, people actually have to leave the coffee shop and go to jobs. And rule number 11, be nice to nerds. Chances are you'll end up working for one. Listen, don't wait for things to just happen to you because they won't. Take opportunities. And the Bible shows us many places where God gives us opportunities. God has set them before you. You and I are not entitled to anything. You know that? 
we have to continually remember that every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. Now, the good thing that that's telling us is God is good, and he's always going to be good. You can guarantee it. So whatever good you have in your life, God gave it to you. Why don't you just say that? Whatever good I have in my life, God gave it to me. And listen, if you'll always remember that, then you won't have <clears throat> any trouble seeing opportunities instead of obstacles. Let him, let him, let him who has taught the word share with, uh, in all good things with him who teaches. Now let's continue on. Do not, now, see, here's the thing. What is this opportunity that is really showing us? This opportunity is this law of sowing and reaping. This is the opportunity that it's presenting to us in the next verse. In other words, everybody say ordinance. All right? This opportunity that we have is this ordinance, or otherwise known as a law. All right? It is a law. Do not be deceived. Verse 7, God has not mocked whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Right? For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap. Corruption. How many of you want some corruption tonight in your life? No. None of us do. But that's what the flesh will give you. That's all it can offer you. That is the end result. Right? But he who sows to the Spirit will reap what? Woo! Everlasting life. Ordinance. Now, what, what this is saying is that this ordinance is set up in such a way that it works every time. It works every time. Whether you're sowing to the flesh or whether you're sowing to the spirit, there's a seed and there is a harvest of that seed. You see that? Like produces like. The ordinance doesn't take into account your intentions about the deal. This ordinance doesn't take into account your attitude concerning this deal. It doesn't factor in your age. It doesn't factor in your race. It doesn't factor in your sex. It doesn't factor in your religion. None of that matters because it is a law, right? If you sow, you reap. Just like the wonderful law of gravity. It's going to work for the three-year-old just like it's going to work for the 30-year-old. If either of them took a dive off a diving board and ended up heading toward the water, flat out toward the water like this, y'all know what the next sound is. Smack, Right? Gravity is still going to have the same effect on the child. It's not going to look at the child and go, well, no, 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 hang on. i got to chill out. It's just a kid. Let's let him down soft. Right? No, it's a law. This is a law that is in force for anyone. Right? It's not going to suspend its ordinance. Reaping is, is not one of the many options to sowing. It is an ordinance established by Almighty God. Can we understand that tonight? And, and if, if it's not fail-proof, then we are a most pitiable, pitiable people. <laughs> if it's not fail-proof. But it will work, and it will work every time. Take your Bible and turn to John chapter 12 for a moment. I want to show you an interesting scripture where God himself, himself, is banking on this law. God himself puts this law into practice. John chapter 12 and verse 20. Are you with me tonight? Yeah. Now there were certain Greeks among those who came up to worship at the feast. Then they came to Philip, 
who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in in turn, Andrew and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered them, saying, This is a funny scripture to me. All right, these Greeks. Now, these are people that are not Israelites, right? They're not, Jesus' ministry is not to them. I mean, he clearly showed us that I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. We know his ministry was to the Jews. We know that his healing ministry was to the Jews, his teaching. And there were once in a while, somebody on the outside would get in on it only by faith. Not by right, but by faith. Not by covenant right, but by faith, right? And faith supersedes that law. Hallelujah. Jesus showed us that. He can't resist faith. So they want to see Jesus, right? They come to Philip, and apparently this, this is probably an, an awkward thing to ask Jesus, being that he knows what Jesus' answer is going to be. So he comes and gets Andrew. Andrew, can you come with me and talk to Jesus about this? So they go, and they say, Jesus, there's some Greeks that want to see you, right? And what does Jesus say? It's like he goes off in this little uh, soliloquy. Like he steps off on the balcony like Juliet. Romeo, Romeo. He says, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Right? Verse 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies. Sounds like he's just being poetic, doesn't it? It remains alone, but if it dies, it produces much grain. Yeah, but uh, anyway, there's some Greeks out there. They want to see you. What does that mean? Hello. Right? Most assuredly, I say to you, what is Jesus teaching us? He's answering their question. He's answering their question. Most surely I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls, he's talking about himself here, falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces what? Much grain. His answer to the Greeks was, you're about to see me all over the world. This seed is going into the ground. And God made the seed to produce after its own kind. So the Son of God is going to become sons of God. Wow, this is powerful. I want you to understand just how righteous you are tonight. How like God you really are in the Spirit. Because He sowed Jesus If he sowed Jesus, then he had to have reaped Jesus. See, he was once the only begotten son of God. But praise God, today he's the firstborn from the dead. He's the firstborn among many brethren. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The thing that makes you his brother, the reason you're his brother is because you're like him. That's why he calls you brother, not stepchild. God made you like his son. Hallelujah. He's, he sowed Jesus, and what did he do? He reaped Jesus over and over and over and over again. And every time somebody puts their faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, at that moment, they become like him. As a matter of fact, they, 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 the, the, the Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Amen. How many of you believe that, that uh, God made sure that that seed did not have crop failure. Hmm? You are just like that seed which was sown because the ordinance says every seed produces after its kind. Whatever a man sows, 
he shall reap. Now, God made sure that that law happened on the earth, and Jesus came to this earth and was sown into the earth. And when he shot up out of that ground, hallelujah, he opened up a way for all of us. Amen. Somebody needs to say, thank you, Jesus. All right, so, so we see this, this law, this ordinance. This, we have this opportunity, and this opportunity brings us into this ordinance that is absolute. Now, let's continue. Verse 9, and let us not grow weary while doing good. Let's just sit on that one for a second. Let us not grow weary while doing good. Everybody say obstinacy. Now, this is all about pure, raw, gutty determination. Obstinacy will not let you quit. The whole attitude behind it is keep going. The whole attitude behind it is push harder. The whole thought behind it is try again. Don't give up, right? Finding Nemo, just keep swimming, right? Just keep swimming, keep swimming, right? There was a terrible earthquake that hit several years ago in Turkey, and many small villages were devastated by uh, the shock of this earthquake. In one small village lived a man and his son, Armand. And on the day of the quake, Armand went off to school as he had so many other mornings, and his dad told him as he left, just like he told him every day, after school today, I'll come for you, Armand. And when that quake hit, the entire village was demolished, including the school. The school. It was a uh, brick structure that <clears throat> was it disintegrated and collapsed into a pile of rubble. Armand's father was terror-stricken and ran down to the school to see if there was anything that he could do to help. Knowing his son needed his assistance, needed to be rescued, his father joined the entire town and yanking off bricks and, 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 and fallen debris. They were desperate to reach the children who were buried there. And for six hours, they labored feverishly, finding nothing. Evening came and they worked another eight, they went into eight hours, into 10 hours, into 16 hours. And when morning came, a bunch of them quit. They headed home. And they argued that there were no survivors. There's no way there could have been survivors. They've heard nothing but silence. There's no one, there's just no reason, there's no use to carry on. But all this time, as they're pulling this debris away, his father kept yelling out, Armand! Armand! And you can imagine just for hour after hour after hour, that's all you would hear. Armand! And they would move another, another slab of concrete, they'd move a brick, they'd move whatever, and then they, Armand! Armand! He called and called and called. Only a handful stayed and worked up to 24 hours at this, at this point, and then they too left. And even the fire uh, department there urged Armand's father to stop the rescue, to stop the search because there's no way there are any survivors. But he continued to yell, Armand. They told him, you have to quit. It's hopeless. He's dead. You're going to just have to accept it. He said, but I told Armand I would come after him. And ignoring them, Armand's father kept pulling off bricks, and he kept removing rubble, and he worked hour after hour, 30, 32 hours, 34 hours, 36 hours, and finally, when he got to the 38th hour, 
he came to a desk, and when he pulled the desk out of the rubble, there behind it was a little hand reaching up. And attached to that hand was his son, Armand. And Armand said, Dad, I could hear you. I could hear you, but I just couldn't get to you. And not only did he pull Armand out of there, but a whole bunch of other kids are right there in that hole, perfectly safe. See, others, others give up. And even, in their, even, even when they are with best intentions, trying to help you cope with the problem, get through your struggle, out of sympathy, they'll say things like, it's totally understandable if you just walk away. It's totally understandable if you, if you just quit this. No one, no one would blame me for that. No one would blame me for that. But you got to be obstinate. You got to determine, no, 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 no. See, your body's depending on you to receive that word of healing. Your body's depending on you to keep on confessing that you are healed by his stripes, no matter what you're experiencing. There's somebody dependent on you to continue to be that witness in that workplace. Somebody is watching you. Somebody needs you to stay strong. Come on, talk to me tonight. Hmm? Your children need you to keep encouraging them even though, yeah, even though you've done it 150,000 times yesterday. They need you to keep on. You can do it. You can do it. Today's a new day. You got a fresh start. Huh? Aren't you glad somebody's done that for you? Hmm? Because here's the thing. The word of God, that's what it continues to do for us. Hallelujah. The Bible says that likewise the spirit also helps us in our weakness. For if we hope for what we do not see, then we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. He's there going, come on, you can do it. You can do it. Hey, you're the righteousness of God in Christ. Nothing's impossible for you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. It ain't time to quit. It's time to dig your heels in and just keep on going. Keep saying what God says. Keep believing what God has spoken. Amen. Why? Well, Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are burdened. I'll give you rest. Come to me. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Why? For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Say occurrence. I like the definition of occurrence. Can I read it to you? Sure, pastor. Thank you. Happen. Take place. Come about transpire, materialize. I like this one. Arise and crop up. Crop up. You shall reap. Crop up. Hallelujah. If you faint not. This occurrence takes place. The occurrence of your harvest is inevitable. Now you may not know how and you may not know when. Y'all remember that song? You may not know how, you may not know when, but he'll do it again. But it shall occur. Now listen, Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be. This is God talking. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I send it. See, that's how much God believes in his word. And you can bank on it if he banks on it. You can believe it if he believes it. 
He says it's not going to fail. See, the word of God is so sure that it will endure until it brings about the occurrence of its declaration. Amen. The word doesn't wait for the circumstances to, to line up and be just right. It doesn't wait until the sun rises before it goes off to work. No, it waits on you. It waits on you. It waits on you to open your mouth and declare it. It waits for you to load it, chamber it, and fire it at whatever the target of your desire is. Remember I talked to you Sunday morning about the twice-spoken word? Twice spoken, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That word two-edged means twice spoken. God spoke it and you spoke it. And when that happens, it's more powerful than any other word on planet earth. See, that's why you have to be determined to believe God above everything else. Now, I love doctors and I appreciate them. They're doing what they have, what they have to do. And they can say things to you that can horrify you. They can say things to you that make you give up and think that it's over for you, right? But the twice-spoken word is more powerful than that word. See, it's, it's who you're parroting. It's who you're, who you're repeating. And the moment you begin to repeat them, then it becomes powerful and real for you. Now, if, if the doctor says it and you just go on what the doctor says and you start repeating what he says, then your life will go in the direction of that which you were talking about. But how much more powerful, what a greater chance you have to go alongside the Word of God and experience His reality no matter what. Amen. Yeah. It'll happen. The Word of God is true. It's sure and it's there for you to take a hold of. See, good enough, you have to just come to the place where good enough is never good enough. That you just will not settle for anything less than what God has promised for you. Right? Because you know that there is an occurrence. There is this, there is a manifestation that is inevitable by his word, by his promise. Now, let's finish with verse 10. Has this helped you so far? Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to, let us do good to who? All. But listen, especially to those who are of the household of faith. That is, a, look around this room for a second. Just take a, just take a, take a time. Look a few people in the eyes, all right? Now, that says, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Tell your neighbor, that's you. Tell your other neighbor, that's you too, right? That's us. We're the household of faith, right? Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. This is about obsession. Obsession, and it means consuming passion. I like this, mania. You're a maniac for the house of God. You're a maniac to, to do good to all people, right? You have this compulsion, this preoccupation, this infatuation, this addiction to doing right and to doing good to all. Right? This is really about being who you are and doing what you do. You know that? It's really that simple. Be who you are and do what you do. Be who you are and do what you do. Because the Bible says you are the body of Christ. 
and members individually. Be who you are, the body of Christ, and do what you do. Function in the body. Your number one purpose is to serve those in the body. It is to do good to your brothers and your sisters. Should you do good to everybody? Yeah, of course you should. But don't trample on those next to you to get to someone out there. See, there's a not-so-subtle message in the church that we have to get out there and win the world. We have to reach out. We have to leave these four walls is what they've diminished the church to. And go get them. And I believe this to be true. But not before we take care of each other. Not before we take care of each other. Why is it that the church has just been called four walls? So much more than that. It's so much more than that. Why do, we, why do we act like sometimes what we have isn't important and isn't precious? Right? What about the ones we have? The Bible says that God sets members in the body as, as what? Nobody knows that scripture? Okay, I'm going to teach you tonight. As he pleases. God sets members in the body as he pleases. What that tells you and me is that God brought you here. Amen. God brought you here. Should I not think or should we not think that is incredibly important and incredibly precious? And that we look out for one another because we understand that we're all here. All of us are here by God's design, God's purpose, God's plan. What a great gathering we have. We don't need all oh, the church to just become a bless me club. Okay, I like that club. I like the bless me club. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with being blessed? Huh? What's wrong with that? See, if we're not blessed, then we can't be a blessing. We're blessed, and we will be a blessing. A couple of you are excited about that. See, God brought you here. Now, let me, t- let me help you here. God brought you here because he knew that you would find what you were looking for here. He brought you here because he knew you'd find what you needed. He set you here. And here, whether that was love, whether that was understanding, acceptance, friendship, Prayer, support, forgiveness, grace, mercy, encouragement, incredible preaching, (laughs) healing, a new start, and, and that others would need you. He brought you here because others need you. What a great thought that is. I hope you feel really, really special right now because you really are. You're extremely important to this place, extremely important to me. That's why I pray for you, and that's why I study the Word like I do because I want you to grow I want because I have a responsibility to you. I have a responsibility to God to give you what I can to feed you the best I know how, not just give you happy meals, huh? but to give you something that you can live on that you can live by, that your family can grow in, that your marriage can succeed in, that you can take to your job and 
flourish there. Amen? Others will benefit from you, from what you give and your time and your talent and in your treasure. This is our obsession, to do good to all. This is our obsession, to believe the best in people. If you're going to do good to them, you're going to have to believe in them. To look out for one another, to bless one another, to love and to serve one another. This is why we have to be in church. Our brothers and sisters are depending on us, and we're depending on them. Opportunity. Ordinance. Obstinacy. Occurrence. What's the other one? Which one did I miss? Oh, obsession. That's right. I didn't miss any of them. Oh, 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 oh. No, I didn't miss any. We checking on it. I got it. <laughs> Praise God. I love you guys. And um, right, let's bow our heads for just a moment. Okay. Father. Once again, thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. We invite you to check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com for upcoming events and information about us. God bless you.